the 2021 CFL season is underway as Tyler Bertolet sends the ball deep. Masoli going deep again, and it's caught Jalen Eklund. Got behind the defender, and what a first drive for the Tiger Cats. It's a touchdown. Tiger Cat defenders, a lot of them have their hands on their hips, and Caleros is going deep. Lawler has caught the touchdown. Kenny Lawler, it's a touchdown. There was going to be a penalty anyway, but it's the Bombers late in the half extending their lead. RJ Broadhead alongside Luke Tosker with the call on Ticats Audio Network Thursday night. Unfortunately, that would just be about all of the offense. Either side could muster 19-6, the final in Winnipeg. Ticats dropping their week one season opener to the defending champion, Blue Bombers. This is Ticats today for a Monday, August the 9th. Louie B here with you. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with me. As mentioned, Ticats off from practice ahead of Saturday's game in Regina against the Rough Riders. Back at it at Tim Hortons Field tomorrow. We'll be bringing you all the updates that you'll need to know. Who's in, who's out, everything you're going to need to know for Saturday's game. Make sure to join us on the Ticats pregame. Presented by Active Green and Ross, Andy Fantuz and myself will be on the air at 9 o'clock on Saturday and then hand it over to RJ and Luke Tasker with the call. Coming up on today's show, we're going to close the book on Thursday night's loss in Winnipeg. We're going to hear from Jeremiah Masoli. We're going to hear from Jalen Acklin and Jagarit Davis as well. We'll get to some of your thoughts on Thursday's game and the CFL and TSN's Glenn Suter will join us to give us his perspective. He was in the booth on Thursday in Winnipeg, so we'll get his thoughts on what he saw and where the Ticats can go from here. All right, let's hear from Jeremiah Masoli. He spoke after Thursday night's loss in Winnipeg. We just got out of rhythm a little bit. You know, we, we, we constantly talk about just not, not making mistakes, you know, preventable mistakes, mental errors. And, you know, we just had a couple of... Um, you know, a couple of MAs all around, you know, and it wasn't just one guy, one group. So we just got to focus back in, you know, I'm not too worried about it. You know, we, we were moving the ball here and there uh, up and down the field, but we just got to finish, you know, no penalties when we get down on the fringe, uh, getting close to score. You know, we just, we just got to put it together now, you know, you know, there were plays there to be made by everybody, uh, especially myself and, to kind of keep us out of that, out of those second and longs where, where their D-line just, you know, kind of get, gets to go free-for-all at the quarterback. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of different ways we can help protect everybody, you know. And I, and I thought our O-line did a hell of a job at least hanging in there and, and doing what they could. But, you know, when, when we are in those situations where it's just, you know, pass only, I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do. So, you know, as far as what I got to put the finger on, like, it, it's everybody. It's all of us. And I'm going to just start with myself, you know. I don't know how many penalties we had tonight that, uh, you know, I don't know what the stat was on all that. I haven't checked any of that stuff, but it just seemed like we couldn't get in a rhythm, you know, anywhere. And um, it's tough, man. And, you know, you got to tip your hat to those guys, man. They, they played a hell of a game. We didn't play good enough to win, and, uh, and that was the result. That is Jeremiah Masoli as he spoke after Thursday's 19-6 loss to the Blue Bombers. Not the best game from Jeremiah Masoli, but certainly didn't cost his team the game. Uh, he was 24 of 41, completing 58.5% of his passes, threw for 242 yards, one touchdown, 
and two interceptions. Again, we're going to get to some of your comments, your thoughts on the game in just a little bit. CFL and TSN's Glenn Suter is going to be by as well. But if you are one of those people who is blaming this loss on Jeremiah Masoli, I do not know what to tell you because he did not cost the team the game. There was really all aspects of the game cost the Ticats this one. Special teams, defense, uh, offensively, it, it just wasn't a great effort from the Ticats. Uh, lots to work on this week for sure. But uh, week one, let's everybody just breathe. Let's relax and uh, let's refocus on Saskatchewan. Uh, while he didn't win the game and he's going to say uh, it wasn't his best game, Jalen Acklin sure did have a heck of a game. He had seven catches for 98 yards and a touchdown, including that long touchdown reception. And here is what he had to say after Thursday's game. I almost forgot what it was like to be out there. I was so nervous this morning because I hadn't played football in so long. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it, it was fun. We sucked on offense uh, as a group, starting with me. I got to make more plays. But yeah, it was, it was nice to get back out there, though. We, we just never got in a rhythm, really. And I feel like it, whenever Masoli scrambled out a couple times and threw it to me, I could have dug out and maybe made a play on the ball better for him. But, uh, you know, we just couldn't get a rhythm. Uh, I'd have to watch the film to see, like, what actually went wrong. But I could have played way better, I know. So, you know, it's a disappointing loss. You know, they're, you know how good their front four is. They're, they're really tough to handle. And, uh, you know, big, tall Jefferson cuts down lanes as well. So it's tough to it's tough to get in a rhythm, especially whenever they get in a rhythm and they get up on you because they can just drop back and that prevent and then just send four. That is Jalen Acklin as he spoke after Thursday's game again. Seven catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. A great performance from him, but... The story of the game, especially in Winnipeg, was Brady Oliveira. He finished the game with 22 carries for 126 yards, averaging 5.7 yards per carry. He also had a couple of catches for 21 yards. And he was my player of the game. And Ja'Garrett Davis, Ticats defensive lineman, spoke about the great performance from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers running back after Thursday's game. Oh, he had a great game, man. Um, for him to, for his first professional game, CFL, like, he really held his own, ran hard, fought. I mean, he had a quality game. I, I, I gave him mad kudos and respect after the game and told him, keep pushing, man. He can make a, he can be a real star in this league. You know what I'm saying? How I looked at it, it can't go worse. And you know what I'm saying? For us, it was, we didn't execute. Um, that's what this game came down to. Like you said, nobody had a preseason game. So, you know what I'm saying? This was – both of us, both teams were pretty much threw into the fire. And, unfortunately, they were a little more polished than we were. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of plays that were left out on the field, a lot of, you know what I'm saying, misreads, errors, people not being in the gaps. And for me, not getting the quarterback depth. So, and it was just – we didn't play tight cat football. Just sums it up, summing up. It's football. Yeah. That's why that's what it happens. Like guys go down every day. Like it could have been me, could have been anybody. So it's just next guy up and home pray whatever little nicks and next they might have. You know, it's nothing severe. They can bounce back very quickly. And just, you know what I'm saying? We got I like that's the thing. Our D line room is very deep. So regardless of who might be up, who might be down, we expect whoever step up next to perform like a starter. Tigats defensive end Ja'Garrett Davis speaking after Thursday night's 
game. And uh, just that last little point there, he was talking about some of the guys that were injured, Channing Stribling, uh, Malden the fourth, uh, of course, Dylan Wynn, huge loss. Hoping to get updates on all those men tomorrow when the Ticats return to practice. This is Ticats today on Ticats Audio Network. Louis B, thanks so much for joining us. Still ahead, we're going to hear from CFL and TSN's Glenn Suter. He's going to join the show and give us his thoughts on Thursday's game and help us look ahead to Saturday's game in Saskatchewan. But uh, right now, I wanted to get your thoughts on what the Ticats did, how you're feeling after week one. I put it out on Twitter. How are you feeling after week one? And Simone Lawrence replied, retweeted. He says he's feeling great, all caps. So Simone Lawrence is feeling good. Uh, we got one here from Angelone. 1978, MA78 on uh, Twitter. While not feeling good after two years of no CFL, and the Cats picked right up where they left off from Grey Cup 107. They got their butts kicked. Argos looked good. Ottawa won. Hope the Ticats know they ain't walking through the East this year. I think that's uh, definitely for sure. Maybe a couple of surprises in the CFL in week one. Adam B at Adam Bugs 86. He tweeted, he said, in all honesty, during the game felt frustrated. After reflecting, it's one game. We will get healthy. We will execute better this week. I am sure that game was not a reflection of this team by any means. I trust Coach O and the vets too much to panic this fast. Uh, great point there, uh, which is kind of echoed here by Dave Noble, who said to the people I see freaking out on social media, it's week one. Relax. Uh, at B at P60M tweeted as well. Pretty darn happy regardless. Having tie cats and all of the CFL back. Cats may have lost, but having them back beats anything. Course wins are the best. And Oski Eddie keeps it short and simple. How you feeling, Oski Eddie? Not good. Well, the good news is there are 13 games left for the Ticats to figure this out. Of course, regular season games. And then the Grey Cup, of course, is here December the 12th at Tim Hortons Field. And I'm very pleased to be joined now by the CFL on TSN's Glenn Suter. And Suits, if the Ticats want to get to that game on the Grey Cup, uh, they're going to have to play better than they did on Thursday night. I think everybody knows that. But definitely not the way they drew up their their week one opening game, is it? No, absolutely not. I, you know, and I know they're a favorite going in and, and all of that. And, you know, this is a team that will still get it together. And, and there were some issues clearly. And, and I think you'll look at all the teams that played in week one will, whether they won or lost, will step away saying, wow, we've got a lot of work to do, but there was a lot of good that we saw out there. And I think Hamilton can say the same thing. But the first thing, Louis, that I think is most important is that we got our game back. Uh, the fans in the stands, the motion that was on the field, the guys, you know, getting a chance to do what they love to do. And I know we're switching very quickly to, hey, what's most important is wins and losses. But we can't just, you know, I, I think we have to mention just how great it is to have the game back. And our our ratings for week one, almost 700,000 viewers. Big number. Big number for the first game back. 
Yeah, it was it was definitely missed, and I can tell even like in the last couple of days the interaction of fans, and you can feel their passion and how happy they are to have it back. And the, the thing about fans and the thing about their passion is it's often uh, on display louder uh, in losses, and uh, and no more than after Thursday night. And I just want to get it, just get your thoughts on Jeremiah Masoli because. A lot of people on Twitter, they're asking, where was Dane Evans? Where was Dane Evans? You know, I, mm-hmm. Coach named his starter. And, and I thought Jeremiah Masoli, all things considered, had a pretty decent game uh, in, in week one. Yeah, I, I did too. You know, I, I thought he did a lot of good things. I thought the chemistry early with uh, Jalen Acklin is, is a great sign. You know that Brandon Banks will get going. That's, that's not an issue. And it doesn't matter who's going to be playing quarterback. That that will not change. Brandon Banks didn't have a great game, and he showed his frustration a little bit, but he will be a number one target, and he's going to have big, big games. We know that. I think it's a great topic, though, that you bring up because, you know, talking to Coach O before the season and understanding the approach that it was a good competition, both quarterbacks acknowledged that in camp, but they also, you know, are team-first guys, and – Coach O told us, and I'm sure he said the same to you, is that he doesn't want whomever's playing quarterback to be looking over their shoulder after, you know, every two and out. If there's a two and out and the quarterback is worried that he's going to get yanked, you just you just can never let the quarterback get into a rhythm at that point. So, and I know that word is overused, but it's just a matter of he's got to, you know, get through some of those tough times. And and listen, this this Winnipeg front four is going to make a lot of teams look very average. They're they're a a solid, big-time front four, especially their ends. So, you know, that's they're going to give other teams troubles too. I thought Masoli played well. I I really did. I you know I thought uh, he was under some pressure. I think they have to look at protection, not not O line, not necessarily just O line, just overall protection, and make sure that they can soar that up as best they can. But you you can't start throwing one quarterback in per series and you know it just let him let him find his groove and and i think if the score had been different then maybe we would have seen a, a dane evans like if the ticats are up maybe in the second half if they if, you know even a package or so but i think like you said you're making it a story if if after a two and out you put out a different quarterback so i i, I have to give the, the coaching staff credit i mean they had their plan going into this game, but it seemed like, you know, they, they stuck with Masoli and you mentioned it. Uh, he played, he played well. You mentioned the offensive line. Uh, and, and I thought outside of a couple of drops from the receivers, there were a couple of key drops. I think that uh, mm-hmm. players they're going to want to have back more than anybody. But uh, again, this isn't a game we can, we can pin down on, on Masoli as the reason the Ticats lost. Yeah. I mean, with the game still in the balance, there were times in the third and fourth quarter where Masoli hit, receivers right in the stomach for first downs and they were dropped and those drives that stop like that on second down you know that gives Zach Kolaros another a chance with the football uh you know a, a chance for Brady Oliveira to uh, you know to, to grind down the clock and take away opportunities for the Hamilton offense so uh, yeah I you know I I think collectively you look back you know how can you get Brandon Banks more involved and in a, in you know more variety of ways, look at the protection, um, look at the run defense, you know, and and even though the score kind of you know forced Hamilton to start throwing the ball a little more, they're going to want to see that balance. And that run defense wasn't terrible, 
but but I'm sure there's improvements that can be made. Santos Knox and, and Simone played pretty well when you look at the stats. Yeah, and I mean, really, that game turned in the second half because uh, of full credit to Brady Oliveira, who just had a, a great second half, you know, big game for him. But it'd be one thing if we didn't acknowledge the fact that the Ticats went into this game, they didn't have Teddy Laron. And then you lose Dylan Wynn in the second half. And, and that really seemed to be the difference. Channing Stribling was all over the field uh, in the first half. You lose him in the secondary. So not to make excuses for the Ticats, but the injury bug, offensive line, Chris Van Zyl, the injury bug bit the Ticats early on here, didn't it? Yeah, there's a reason why those guys are starters. And when you looked at the guys that weren't available, Ted Laurent, you know, and, and Van Zyl right there, that's, that's enough to say that, you know, there's a reason they're perennial all-stars. And if you don't have them available, uh, you still, you know, attack it the same way you would. But those are, those are big shoes to fill. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we get some, some of those guys returning. And, and, again, I thought there was enough on the field. You watch that first drive, and I thought there was enough talent on the field that either team could have won that football game in week one having looked at the injury list of both teams. I mean, Andrew Harris wasn't in that game, and Olivier played very well. So, you know, I, I'm not sure there's anything to really be overly concerned with. Obviously, the team has to get back to the drawing board, look at all the issues, look at all the errors, make sure they correct those errors. Uh, the young guys, uh, you know, get up to speed on all of it. If Dylan is not available and Van Zyl and some of the other players are not available for, for week two. Tune from the CFL on TSN, joining us here, Ty Cats today, Ty Cats Audio Network, and uh, you mentioned it. Kind of, what's what's this week like? Do you think for the Ty Cats? Like, what, what what would the room, what would the mood be like in the locker room after a tough loss? You know, first game of the season. Is it is it uh, you know shrug your shoulders, hang your head type attitude? How long does that stick around? Because you know, Ty Cats got right back at work against a good Saskatchewan team this week. Yeah, I think Coach O says it best when he says that, that the score on the score clock can't define you as a team or as a person or as an athlete. And you have to just focus on the process, focus on practice, watch as much video as you can, correct all the mistakes, you know, and, and understand even as an athlete that if you were super tired in the third quarter and only you know best whether you were or weren't, uh, you know, you have to keep on the bike after practice and things like that. Like, keep working on your on your cardiovascular fitness because, it, you know, I, I saw a lot of players in all the games by about early third quarter just suck and win, going like, whoa, no preseason and a full game and intensity and the physicality and all that just right snapping right back at you. It's kind of like stepping off the bus and running a go route. <laughs> you're you're kind of like going, whoa! I'm all I'm all tight. I've got to loosen up. So, you know, all those things are going to be worked on by every team. But you know, I, I don't think there's any reason to drop your head or or start saying, hey, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were, or anything like that. I I think you just Calgary's doing the same thing. I mean, they lost a close one to visiting Argos, and you know, I listened to Bo Levi and some of those guys say. We're fine. We just we just need to correct some mistakes and and take care of business. We'll be back next week. Does the four less games on the regular season schedule come into play at a certain point, though? I mean, like I I, I kicked off the show by by you know reassuring fans that it's early. You know that wasn't the Grey Cup. There's still 13 regular season games left to be played. But 
I'm sure the Ticats were, were thinking that, that the Argos were going to lose or the Red Blacks were going to lose. Now you're looking at the division. You got two teams ahead of you that, that have some wins. Uh, it is early, but at, at a certain point, that 14-game schedule comes into play, doesn't it? It does. I, I would say, you know, when, you, when you're getting to Labor Day now, which is really only three weeks away, <laughs> you know, so usually in game one, we're talking about Labor Day as a distant destination that we're all looking forward to, but it's kind of like the halfway point and it's a long way away. Now it's not. And when you get to, you know, you can't be 0-3, 0-4, turning the corner at Labor Day and then trying to figure out how to position yourself. Now you're just desperately trying to make the playoff run. So, you know, I I think it will be in it, like something that they will consider in three weeks, maybe four weeks, if, if it's not a great start. But after week one, no, it's not, it's not a factor. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Jalen Acklin. He was one of the bright spots for the Ticats. I thought uh, Joe Van Santos Knox had a, had a pretty good game as well. Uh, so you, you mentioned some of the positives there. there. There are things to build on. What would you be looking at at the Ticats uh, room this week as some positives to build on that, that kind of stood out to you on Thursday night? Well, I like the early chemistry with Jalen Acklin and his route running. Even when he didn't get the ball, I was watching him from the booth, of course, and you know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm often looking just into the secondary because through replay I can see what happened at the line of scrimmage. So, you know, I, I'm looking at route running and, and just guys' body language. I thought Acklin looks like he's really ready to take another step in his progression. That's, that's a great sign. You know, also some of the young guys. You know, I, I thought looking at, at some of the new defenders, uh, you know, Rockmore, I thought was a guy, you know, it's not whether or not you're going to get beat because everyone does. It's how you respond afterwards, especially for young players. And I thought some of the young players in the, in the Hamilton secondary, Hamilton defense, you know, had some bumps in the road early, but bounced back from them and made plays in the second half. And, I, you know, that's a great sign. I mean, you're going to see that a lot, I think, the team will when they watch the video, that, you know, our young players didn't panic. They didn't, like, drop their head and give up two more. They actually responded and made some plays later in the game. So that's a really good sign. Yeah, and I, I guess the one thing I kind of hit on earlier, too, is how about Frankie Williams, a guy who – who was out there a lot on defense, right? The secondary was kind of spread thin the way it was, and then you, you lose Channing Stribling. So he, he's out there playing the secondary, and then he's out there returning kicks. I mean, I'm not sure if anybody tracked more more miles, more kilometers under their feet uh, on Thursday night or this weekend in general than, uh, than Frankie Williams. Yeah, it, you know, that was from both teams, you know, when before Janarian Grant got hurt and Frankie Williams. Both teams have such great returners that, you know, that's what I think, you know, probably Hamilton will look at when they look at video of their special teams. They're going to say, oh, man, we were we were one block away from bringing Frankie Williams. He looked good. Uh, there wasn't the big return, but I thought, you know, one block away from the big return. So that's where, you know, we often don't point it out and we don't replay it and things like that. But if you look at the special teams video and all those returns – I'm sure they're going to see the, the seams that were available if one guy was taken care of or maybe two guys. So uh, that's another positive because he looked good. He had good bounce in his step, you know, good vision. All those things that make him the great returner he is are there. 
And now let's, uh, you know, just make that key block for him and he'll, he'll spring him. Suits, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it as always. Stock football, I'm loving it. That is the CFL on TSN's Glenn Suter. And my thanks to him for stopping by. And my thanks to you as well for stopping by and for listening today. Ticats are back at practice. I'll be back for another edition of Ticats today, tomorrow as well. Thanks for listening. I'm Louis B. For Ticats today on the Ticats Audio Network, hoping you have a great day. Bye.